Welcome to the Peace Catalyst podcast, where we share stories to inspire, uplift, and encourage you in your peacemaking journey. I'm Becca Tyvel, and I work with Peace Catalyst here in the Washington, D.C. area. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Keith Giles. Hey, everyone. It's Keith. Uh, yes, my wife, Wendy, and I are working with Peace Catalyst in El Paso, Texas. And um, looking forward to this episode of Peace Catalyst podcast we have in store for you today. Um, but before we jump into that, if you enjoy the Peace Catalyst podcast, um, do us a huge favor. Please take some time, if you would, to go and rate and review the podcast um, on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And um, this really helps to boost our visibility and it really encourages other people to give us a listen as well. And we have been doing these uh, Peace Quotes of the Week. And this episode, we decided, you know, it's always fun to hear different peace quotes from different different sources, but uh, it's been a while since we've done a peace quote from um, from the Bible, and this is a really great one. I love this one, and I actually just kind of tripped over it um, a few years ago. I, it was like reading along, and I was like, oh my gosh, I don't think I ever noticed this in the Bible, uh, but this comes from James chapter 3, verses 17 and 18, and it says, but the wisdom from above is first of all pure, then peace-loving gentle, accommodating, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap the fruit of righteousness. Wow, that's so good. The Bible is the original resource on peacemaking. It really is. forget that sometimes. (laughs) Yes. I mean, it's always wonderful to find it in other places too. Um, like in unexpected places, you know, like uh, Jimi Hendrix or Bono or something, but, um, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, to, to go back and look at the scripture and especially, I love James. I love the book of James, but, um, yeah, that, that last sentence, peacemakers who sow in peace, reap the fruit of righteousness. It's so great. Um, so good. Just a wonderful reminder that that's kind of what we're supposed to be about is, uh, being focused on that peacemaking. Um, Mm -hmm. I also like the first part of that. The wisdom from above Mm -hmm. is first of all, pure and then peace loving, gentle, Mm -hmm. accommodating, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial Mm -hmm. and sincere. Yeah. So all that, it's good. That whole, that whole, uh, both of those verses are so great. Really love that. Good reminder. Yeah. And I think because it also characterizes God as being peace loving. And sometimes we probably don't think of that or we only think of it in like the personal sense of having an an Mm. inner peace. But Mm. I think this is also referring to, yeah, making peace between different people. So Yeah, absolutely. And then the other thing that's really fascinating too, and I'd never noticed this before somebody pointed this out to me. Um, And I've always loved the book of James, but then someone pointed out that the book of James parallels Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. You could also lay them side by side. And the book of James is almost a commentary on the Sermon on the Mount. And so when you see how closely James is following the words of Jesus from the Sermon on the Mount, you can draw this connection between like, this is where's James getting this from? Well, he's getting it from Jesus. And, um, and in the Sermon on the Mount, if you know, we kind of go back to that original source, it really is, Jesus really does frame this idea of the reason why we should love our enemies is because God does, right? It really is say, reminding us that this is what God is like. And Jesus is really clarifying that for us uh, in a pretty powerful way, uh, and it's in a pretty radical way. I think 
and it's a bit of a corrective or a reformation of some uh, um, Old Testament ideas of what God might be like. And Jesus mm-hmm. is clarifying it like, no, this is what God is like. He loves his enemies and he blesses those who love him and he blesses those who curse him. And that's why you should do that. That's why you should love your enemies. That's why you should turn the other cheek. That's why you should behave this way. Because if you do, you're behaving like your father in heaven. And yeah, I love that James echoes this idea that this is the wisdom from above, right? It's peace loving and gentle, full of mercy um, and all that. And then that's, that's what it's all about. So good. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that, Keith. I love that. And yeah, speaking of peacemakers who so in peace, um, (laughs) we're (laughs) excited that, you know, this episode is continuing our our series with PCI staff, um, getting to know our peacemakers across the country and globe and asking them about their own peacemaking journeys and how they're building understanding and connection and collaboration with their diverse neighbors for peace. And this week, we're honored and excited to be talking with Allie Bernison. Um, She's a native to Southern California, and she's a recent graduate of Fuller Theological Seminary. Um, She's coming with an MA in theology and an emphasis in Islamic studies. And Allie has worked in majority Muslim environments, teaching English in the Somali refugee camp in Ethiopia, organizing youth programs amongst Turkish youth, Muslims, and Bulgaria. Um, And this is where she really started to encounter God's desire for reconciliation between any divided um, groups of people. So excited to talk with Allie today. Yeah. Well, welcome, Allie. We're so honored to have you with us today on the Peace Catalyst podcast. And um, we're just excited to yeah, hear more of your story and um, you know, your journey in peacemaking and, and collaborating with others for social healing and change. So um, if you could just tell us a little bit about you know, how you got connected to Peace Catalyst, if you want to share some of your peacemaking journey leading up to that or yeah just tell us a little bit more about how that came about for you sure definitely so thank you guys so much for having me on um big fan of the podcast so um yeah I think my story of uh peacemaking and coming to work at um PCI there are a couple different phases so um I attended Pepperdine uh, University. I studied journalism there and intercultural studies, and that was kind of the beginning of my interest in exploring things that are outside of my experience. I traveled abroad, and I only went to Europe, so it's like fairly similar to the States, but that was kind of the beginning of my interest in other cultures. Um, and But when I reached the end of my time at Pepperdine, Um, Like I said, I studied journalism and I just didn't have an interest in entering the field. Um, And so a fairly cursory decision actually led me to join a mission organization the year after graduating college. Um, And it's called Adventures in Missions. Um, And I, I did a program called the World Race. And during that year, we went to 11 countries and 11 months and you basically travel on a, on a squad of 50 people 
and you work on teams of six or seven. And when you get to a country, you split up and all of the teams go to different communities, cities, and partner with local nonprofits, churches, and basically do whatever your host, your ministry host um, wants you to do. Uh, it's your, your job that month is just to serve them in whatever community development work or church work they're engaging in. So as you can imagine, it was very much an adventure and work um, that year depended greatly upon where we were. Sometimes we were teaching English, um, which we were not qualified to do. Um, sometimes <laughs> we were doing more evangelism work. Other times uh, we were in refugee camps, just truly spending time with families um, oh. So it was, yeah, it was all over the place. Um, and so I can pinpoint a specific experience that I've shared with Becca before um, that led me down this path of reconciliation work, peace building work, or just an interest, um, an interest in that field in general. Um, so, but to understand that story, you would have to know that I... Um, am an Armenian. Uh, so my, my family's origin story in the U.S. can be linked to the Armenian genocide. Uh, my great-grandma um, experienced the genocide and uh, escaped Armenia, came to the States. Um, and so growing up, I, you know, I, I definitely had this general distrust of Turkish people um, and kind of of Muslims because these stories were passed down. Um, and even though, you know, my, my grandmother very much and my mom very much preached forgiveness and, um, you know, that was definitely part of the story. Also, I heard about the death marches, starvation, um, and other tactics of genocide. And so I, yeah, I definitely had, this kind of low murmur of bias, I would say, against Turkish people. Um, and so this now connects back to um, the world race when I was on, on missions. Um, so we were in Bulgaria and we um, were spending time in a, in a village called Stambolovo and the majority of the population was Turkish Muslim. Um, and so I we were doing um, quite a bit of youth, youth ministry, like youth outreach, I guess you could say. Um, and so one night I was sitting around a fire um, with a young boy who I had kind of become friends with. And he was, uh, we were communicating via Google Translate. Um, <laughs> and out wow. of, wow. <laughs> as you do. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, and then at some point in the conversation, the, if you can call it a conversation, um, the mood kind of shifted and he typed out on my phone, do you love Muslims? And I said, yes. And he then asked, do you love Turks? And he didn't know I was Armenian or any wow. bit of my story. Um, but it was a very interesting experience and so I answered with like a resounding yes um but it wasn't until a few days later that I would say I like felt that yes to my core um and so 
one night, um, it was the night before we, we were leaving the village and, uh, we were at this worship event and I was praying, um, desperately to feel God's love, to feel some sort of encounter with God that night. Um, and I didn't feel anything. And I left the event feeling a bit discouraged and dejected. Um, and then the next day, as we were saying goodbye to the kids in the village, we were saying goodbye. I was saying goodbye to this Turkish Muslim boy specifically. And I just felt this like overwhelmingly powerful love for him that I have like never felt in my entire life up until that point. Haven't really felt since. Um, and so it, it was a moment that I immediately knew felt significant because it was just so strange. Um, but in the years since I've come to reflect on that and, um, yeah, just kind of think about what that means, what that meant then, what that continues to mean that, you know, God's heart is for reconciliation and for, um, it's for peace and for people to know the kingdom of God, not only through, you know, explicitly sharing the gospel, which is that month kind of how I thought about um, being part of the kingdom was very, very much linked to a proclamation of the gospel, but actually that people see the kingdom through reconciliation between people as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was kind of the beginning of the journey, honestly. And um, yeah, it's been yeah, that's beautiful. Beautiful. Allie, it's so funny because you were telling that story. I, I mean, tell me what you think about this, because this is what I was thinking about as you were telling that story. It, you know, it's one thing to think about loving Turks, right? Because when you mentally think about that, do you love Turks? Well, it's hard to p- have a mental picture of what am, what am I picturing when I say that, right? It's, 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 it's a big, huge, large, you know, general kind of idea. It's an idea, right? Versus sitting there and, you know, when that little boy has a face and a name and a smile and you can look in his eyes and now you're asked, right, can you love Turks, right? Well, now that that idea, that concept has skin on it, right? It's, so, it's sort of that incarnation um, principle, right, of like when it comes from being an idea when, down to being a person. And then now you can experience the love of Christ in yourself for Turks and even receive it, right? You can give it and receive it, but it's person to person. I love that. It's such a beautiful, I love that story. I think that's such a wonderful example of that in action. Mm, Thank you. Yeah. I think, yeah, you're absolutely right. It is, it is incredibly difficult to love a label, you know? Um, And when, we insist on conceptualizing an entire group as one thing. It's, yeah, it is hard. You're right to develop a, a relationship with Turks as a general idea. Right. Um, but then you're you're absolutely right. When I, when I know this boy, when we've been playing soccer, not 10 minutes before he asks me, you know, if I love his people, it's, it's a lot harder to say no. So. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's so great. Yeah. Right. And I know also, yeah, thanks for sharing that story, Allie. It's so powerful. And I think it's it's such a beautiful example of, like you said, reconciliation and the kingdom of God being so much bigger than just like, you know, this idea of, okay, get saved and then that's it, you know, right. it's like, so this holistic restoration. Um, 
And I know that before coming to Peace Catalyst, so could you talk a little bit about your journey kind of after that sort of transformational um, encounter, then kind of what did your journey look like after that? Sure. Yeah. So um, after that, after that year on, on mission, I decided that I wanted to study the Bible, to study theology. And so I decided to attend Fuller Theological Seminary, which is um, here in Pasadena, California, where I still am. Um, and at that point, I was just, you know, passionate about learning more about the Bible, about God. Um, I definitely came to seminary seeking answers and I left probably with more questions. Um, so it was really not what I expected just as an aside, but I am so thankful for it because I think my experience at seminary, uh, first and foremost, just expanded and complicated everything, the way I view pretty much everything, you know, the God, the Bible, missions, the church. Um, And it taught me that there is usually, maybe I would say always more than one way to look at something. And um, that, you know, when we think and we explore with with an open mind, uh, it's, it's an enriching experience and it can actually pave the way, you know, to new discoveries. Um, and so, so that's just fuller and, and seminary generally and kind of what, what it did to my thinking and how I navigate, you know, my faith, the world in general. Um, and so also at that time I, uh, took is took some Islamic studies courses. Um, and that, was kind of informed by the the experience um, both with that boy, but then other relationships I'd formed that year. I just felt like there was something there for me um, to begin learning more about Islam and the faith and practices of Muslims. And uh, similar to my experience at Fuller generally, that also complicated my view of, you know, uh, Islam and Muslims and I took uh, the classes were pretty interdisciplinary so sociology courses and anthropology and um, a language course I tried my best at Arabic um, <laughs> it's just yeah hard language right yeah maybe later <laughs> like yeah <laughs> um, and I was just exposed to how Islam, not one thing and there is there just a multiplicity of expressions um and kind of concurrently as I was studying Islam in school I also wanted to get more involved in my community and actually make some make some Muslim friends so I uh began attending pretty much any interfaith event I could find whether that was organized through a local church or mosque or yeah um and as i began developing relationships with some muslims in the area again it um reinforced that lesson that i had learned earlier that um it is so incredibly valuable to cultivate relationships with people rather than just um study something from afar or think you think you know um, without actually engaging with whoever or, or whatever it might be um, yourself. And so um, so at that point, 
I, yeah, also just felt this increasing um, burden for, you know, my Muslim sisters and brothers who, you know, I I began to realize still experience anti-Muslim discrimination in our post 9-11 context. And um, I just remember I experienced that um, through, or I came to realize that actually through family members who just didn't understand why I had this interest in interfaith stuff and, you know, just a lot of, quite a bit of pushback um, and just confusion of like, well, are you converting? Like why they just didn't see the value in befriending someone of a, of another religion. Um, And so, yeah, so that was definitely an interesting experience, but I still wasn't sure where all of this was going to lead. And then about a little over a year ago, I began interning with an organization um, called Musalaha, who the executive director, yeah, (laughs) you know him. uh, Yeah, so he's incredible. And uh, the organization does such incredible work in Israel-Palestine and reconciliation efforts between Israelis and Palestinians. Um, I didn't go there, although I would, I would love to, I visited briefly once and I would love to go back. But, um, so my internship was primarily research and writing and I, I still kind of work with him a bit, um, as he is writing a book. Um, and so, yeah, that was kind of the big, well, I, I keep saying beginning, but that was a continuation of me realizing like there's actually a field for this kind of work. Like I didn't know that people were, were doing these things, that there was a name for it. Um, and so I, um, through working with him, started to explore like, are there opportunities for me to get involved in peace building work here in the States where I'm at in my community? Um, I'd heard of PCI before through um, some somebody who went to Fuller who was on staff and uh, did some research. And then I said, let's go for it. So that's kind of the, yeah, post-mission well, experience. Well, I tell you what, I'm super jealous uh, you working with uh, Musalaha. And yeah. I love Salim Leonier, which we interviewed, of course, uh, a few episodes back. So yeah. listeners, if you haven't listened to that, to that conversation, uh, go check it out because Salim is one of my favorite people. He is really inspiring, super cool, uh, really a great guy. And yeah, Musalaha is doing incredible work down there yes. in, in Palestine between Christians and Muslims and Jews, mm-hmm. reconciliation work that's just really practical, really beautiful stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. I'm, I'm kind of curious, like, how did you hear about Salim? Yeah. <laughs> so I was interested specifically in that corner of the globe. Um, and I had, that was kind of also tied to an experience uh, the year on mission. I visited Jerusalem and it was literally a three-day experience. And this was before I had any interest in uh, conflict or peace or, um, yeah, but just simply being there, experiencing Mm -hmm. um, the city, seeing for the first time with my own eyes, like, wow, you know, Muslims, Christians, and Jews all share this space in some sense and call this land holy, but for such different reasons. So it just sparked my interest immediately when I was, when I was there. Um, 
And so I'd kind of held on to that experience um, and just a, a draw, a pull, which is kind of the only way I can express it to Israel, Palestine. Um, and my, as I was finishing up at Fuller and I was considering, you know, where is this taking me? Where am I thinking of going? Uh, I kept thinking about, uh, Israel, Palestine. And so I began reaching out to professors and asking, you know, do you know of any organizations doing sort of reconciliation piecework over there? And, uh, Musalha came up several times. And so I just kind of sent an email just cold and, yeah. <laughs> so great. So, so you found your way to Peace Catalyst. And how long have you been with Peace Catalyst? So I officially started, I think, in March. Um, and But only recently feel like I really began because I was engaging in a bit of fundraising. So, mm-hmm. yep. yeah. And so... Uh, what uh, what are your what are you doing right now with Peace Catalyst, or what are your plans or your goals with Peace Catalyst? Uh, you know, yeah, yeah. So currently, I am working technically as a program director here in Pasadena, which feels like a generous title. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I am doing a couple of things right now. Um, Tangibly, I am with David uh, Vidmar, who's in San Diego as a program director, um, leading a cohort through the Christian Peacebuilding Network. Such an incredible resource helping Christians and members of all faiths really to explore peacebuilding and the biblical concept of shalom and uh, connecting and collaborating in our local communities. So I'm leading that, but then also uh, getting started in the work of community peace building, which for me begins um, kind of like all things seem to at PCI within that framework of understand, connect, and collaborate. Um, So I would say I'm somewhere in between understanding and connecting. So, you know, understanding my own skills and like who I am, who I could be as a peace builder in my community, um, understanding my neighborhood and the community, you know, what's, what context do I find myself in? What are significant issues that my community faces? Um, what might be hopes for the future here? And, um, yeah, also understanding the, yeah, the issues, how, how is, um, violence, trauma playing out in the communities now, today, um, and how's the past informed that? So, um, and then also connecting and trying to, you know, expand my existing network, make connections with people who are already doing the work, um, showing up at events and just trying to build relationships, uh, across divisions. So I, through being here in the past couple of weeks, have felt this, um, well, it's been an incredibly enriching experience, just first of all, to do more research into the community that I'm in and realizing like, if this wasn't my job right now, I, I can't believe I didn't know these things. You know, I've like had that experience where I'm like, how have I not known, um, (laughs) for instance, about the economic inequality that exists in my community. Like, how have I not known this history of racism 
um, that has affected each and every system here in Pasadena, education and housing. And uh, like, I can't believe that I didn't know these things kind of after being here for two years. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's been an incredibly humbling experience. Um, And then something that has just come up over and over is the issue of housing um, and homelessness is very much on the hearts of those who I've spoken with. And so that's kind of where, where I'm looking now in terms of community engagement and community work and like, how can I, um, along with others, you know, build understanding, connection, collaboration within this context of Mm -hmm. those experiencing homelessness. Um, so big, big questions. Um, and yeah, honestly, not entirely sure how it's going to play out, which, yeah, anyway, has been a bit like community peace building work takes time, I guess, turns out. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of like what we were just talking about with the Carries in Sarajevo about that period of just le- listening and learning and understanding and how much, yeah, like how much time that takes. And it's really cool to see how you're doing that. Um and you're also helping to facilitate our Christian Muslim engagement um, as an organization too. So with yeah. all of your background in that is really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, it's been Allie. so great, Ali. Thank yeah. you so much for sharing your story and uh, best of luck as you're continuing to do that. I mean, I think it's kind of like the theme of what you were saying earlier. It's, it's about relationships and you, you yourself having to, you're like, you know, we ourselves are part of that transformation process as well, right? We don't just show up and fix it. We have to come right. into this. We have to really be present, really ourselves be open, like you were saying, open to different ideas and different things and um, and recognizing it. It's, there's no f- pattern. There's no formula. We just have to take it a day at a time and figure it out. But that's kind of what makes it exciting, right? To, uh, to step into it. Every day is different and new and you don't know what's going to happen. And yeah, that's kind of what makes it fun. Yeah. Absolutely. That's so, that's so true. So good. There's definitely not a um, 10 point plan really in terms of, you know, here's the goal, here's where we're headed um, in term, well, other than Shalom, which is kind of the guiding light in all of this. Um, But yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much. This is, this has been great to hear your story and love the work that you're doing and starting to do and excited to see where it's going to go. Thank you guys so much for having me. It's been great. Thanks, Allie. Wow, that was so great. Wow, thank you, Allie. Um, Wonderful to meet. It's really been great, you know, to meet all of the different people uh, that work with Peace Catalyst. And especially, it's it's encouraging for an old white guy like me (laughs) to, uh, to, to get to know so many uh, younger voices out there that are so passionate about peacemaking and, um, yeah. And so smart. I mean, wow. She's, she's had so much wonderful, just practical experience, but also, um, I love, you know, that she's gone to kind of study this as well, mm-hmm. um, to really, to really understand it and make sure that, uh, you know, she's, she's gleaning the wisdom uh, that's there as well, you know, from, from other sources. So yeah, really love that. Really great, really great conversation. Yeah. And I love how 
you know, her story is so personal. Like, I don't, I think for most of us in Peace Catalyst, we haven't necessarily been part of a people group that's like in conflict, if that makes sense. Like with her Armenian identity, having this sort of, you know, animosity towards Turks and vice versa because of the Armenian genocide, Um, you know, to be actually like immersed in that conflict in a way that's that's so personal to her and Mm -hmm. then to have such a beautiful transformational experience of god you know kind of putting this love in her heart towards this turkish muslim boy is is just powerful and and to see her then kind of take on peacemaking for her herself um is just incredible yeah i really i agree i think it is uh it's always beautiful when there is that sort of personal story and maybe even something, I mean, I think you see something similar, like we've done interviews where we've talked to like uh, Cleo Brown and people like that, where there's racial, um, you know, injustices and things like this, that that they have to overcome where they feel like they've been oppressed and yet they're the ones reaching across um, Mm -hmm. with forgiveness and and reconciliation. And it's a similar thing with Ali, right? Um, Mm-hmm. this um her armenian identity and learning to overcome that and i really love what i just i love that story about the, the this idea of how you know you can even say well no i i love people i forgive people yeah this isn't a big deal but then when you're face to face with this other person someone who represents this other you know people group that has harmed you and hurt you um you know, it's, it's like a going from this concept or an idea into this incarnational reality. And um, I love that that's just part of her story and how that was such a significant event for her. Mm-hmm. And it does. I think it really, it deepens the work that she's doing. You know, it gives her a credibility with what she's saying, you know, like more so than like me, because I don't, I'm not, I'm not someone who's the victim of those kinds of things that I'm kind of having to struggle internally personally to overcome mm-hmm. to reach across and, and you know show love to muslims and um collaborate with muslims and things like that um right. you know, it's just it adds a depth to it and a richness to it and, and an auth- authenticity to her right. story that i think is really beautiful and really gives her a lot more um i think once you know that part of her story then i i think hopefully it makes people lean in a little bit and say really wow okay I want to know how, how did you overcome this? How did you reach this place where you are? Because this could not have been easy for you for many, many reasons. And um, yeah. And even just like some of the reactions of her family members of like, you're doing what? Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. And um, yeah. And I think I'm sure we've all grown up with different like biases that kind of mm. get handed down to us by our, our parents or other family yep. members. So I think, but yeah, like you're saying for it to be something that's so like, you know, personal and have to, having to overcome that in, in a different way. But I think, yeah, hopefully we can all learn something from that story of whenever you have an encounter with somebody that maybe you've grown up having bias towards, um, how that can change your perspective towards them. And even, you know, gr- having that, that, crazy amount of love for that person and um and who they are so yeah yeah I think that's incredible and you know yeah overcoming challenges with family (laughs) for her to walk boldly in the path of peacemaking um 
is, yeah, I'm sure it's, it's hard with the family dynamic, but so important to, yeah, to take that, that step out. And she has a community of support around her. So that is good. um, Yeah. Yeah. It makes all the difference. Yeah. Now you, um, you and her are working together, right? In this, um, in a Christian Muslim engagement group. What, what, what is all that about? Yeah. So yeah, we're continuing our, our Christian Muslim engagement um, with Peace Catalyst. And so we've created a working group to um, talk about ways that we are crossing boundaries with our Muslim neighbors and building peace with them um, together in our communities. So we kind of are creating a structure around um, sharing ideas, sharing resources, kind of coming up with ways that we can help to equip our Christian communities to engage with Muslims in a way that that fosters peace. You know, right now it's, um, yeah, just other staff members who are also working with Muslim partners and um, figuring out ways to counter Islamophobia, you know, within wow. our communities and, um, yeah, and just equip Christians for peace building in that realm. So it's yeah. been really fun. That's yeah. great. So important. Yes. Yeah. Love it. So awesome. Thanks. Thanks. See ya.